0: Tennessee, one out for four-star Jordan Ross. What this commit means for the class of 2024 and what this means for Tennessee down the line. That and a whole lot more. It's your Tuesday Locked on Balls. You are locked on
1: balls. Your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to it. This is Locked on Balls, your go-to Tennessee Volunteers podcast each and every day. We're brought to you in part by, or we're, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. Shout out every for watching on YouTube and listening wherever you get your podcasts. Couldn't do this show without you. Got a fun show coming up today. Again, like I said, in the cold open, we preview the commitment announcements. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, We preview the commitment announcement on Monday's show. And Jordan Ross, he is a Vol. He committed to the University of Tennessee last night. We're going to get Matt Ray, my colleague of VolQuest.com to join us here in a matter of moments. We'll get into your mailbag questions in segment number two. and then position previews the running backs that's coming up in segment number three. So let's dive right down into it, Matt Ray, What this means, this commitment for Jordan Ross to the University of Tennessee. Here's my conversation with Matt Ray. Jordan Ross, he's going to call Tennessee home, Rocky Top home for the foreseeable future. He's a top 35 player in the country, according to the on three industry rankings, a uh, four-star prospect. He's a five-star by other publications. Uh, this is a big time uh, get for Tennessee. One of those big boy battles that you and Austin have been referring to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at Jordan Ross, Tennessee started laying the groundwork here last fall, carried some momentum over into the winter, and you know was was able to win out here for a guy that's been coveted by you know several national programs kind of throughout this thing. At one point, it looked like Georgia was a major player there. Florida was heavily involved at one point. Alabama, Texas, um, you know, both took swings at different times. So a really good win for Tennessee, a really good win for Rodney Garner, uh, LaVorne Harbin, uh, better known as Chop, um, but a guy that has, um, you know, really worked the recruiting trail hard in the state of Alabama for the Vols. So, you know, a, a big win and at a position of need in every single cycle. You get an edge rusher that can do a lot of things, that has room to grow into his frame. And, you know, really start to play at a high level, a guy that I would say his best football is ahead of him.
0: So you kind of went into it there a little bit, but tell us about Jordan Ross. What does he do well on the field? And what's, you say, his best football is ahead of him. What, What can he do on the field, you know, whether it be a senior year and, of course, down the line at Tennessee?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I think when you look at Jordan Ross right now, he's, you know, more of a speed rusher type guy, around 6'5", 215, 220, but can easily hold that 235, 240-pound frame that Tennessee will want him to get up to. And with that, it's going to come some more polish. Um I mean, as he's adding that good weight, um, he should also add more, you know, tools to the toolbox. He'll be able to be more of a guy that is – Adequate in the run fit, um, you know, develop different types of pass rush moves where he can use power versus speed and those types of things. He's really naturally long and has a really good motor, he's really good in pursuit, um, because of those things. But as those, as that weight comes on and those, as as the rest of those tools start to get a little bit more refined, um, Jordan Ross can be a really special player, as you mentioned, you know, top 35 player in the all three industry rankings.
0: Now, stop me when I'm wrong here, okay? Um, He's the second true edge of the class. But like with Kellen Lindstrom, I feel like there's some versatility there. Kellen Lindstrom's a big guy, so he could bump inside a little bit, maybe play that strong side defensive end. Uh, but Jordan Ross, I mean, he, he's a Leo in this system, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely right. And I think when you look at Kellen Lindstrom, he needs some of those pass rush tools that Jordan Ross already has. He, he's not as polished of a pass rusher. Um, where he's much more polished in the run fit. He's a little bit heavier already, so he can bump inside and do a lot of different things. And then Jordan Ross, he needs some of those things that Callum Lindstrom has already, uh, you know, that extra added weight, that ability to be really sound in the run fit and different techniques. Um, so really nice compliments for each other early on as Tennessee's going to continue um, you know, to recruit that position the way that they have for the last three years under Josh One now. At that position, all attention turns to Danny Okoye.
0: Yeah, you were gonna you're gonna say Danny Okoye. Let us know a little bit more about Danny Okoye. Not Emmanuel Okoye, who's already on yes. campus here, a late add to that class of 2023. But Danny Okoye, who came up in the summer during all those official visits, he was unofficial. So he's gonna be here September the 9th or tenth against Austin P. Right, September thirtieth. September thirtieth. Gotcha. Th- South Carolina. Chris Cole is Austin Peay, and that's where I've got it. Yes. Anyway, uh, Danny Okoye, edge rusher. But also, who are some other targets on that defensive line to pair with? The two we just mentioned, Jeremiah uh, Hurd, and, of course, um, uh, Carson Gentle as well on that defensive front.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I think all attention turns to Danny Okoye. Okoye is, in my opinion, pretty polished already. But, you know, folks have questions about the level of competition that he's playing. Playing a kind of a homeschool association there in Tulsa, Oklahoma – but from everything I've gathered, it's pretty competitive league, um, but he's a guy that looks the part, moves really well, bends really well, um, just athletically kind of a, a freakish top talent. Now, Tennessee's been on him heavily since the winter as well. Um, like you said, he was here in June, had a really good time, started to connect with some guys on those visits, um, is, is continuing to hear pitches from guys already committed in the class, and then he returns in September for his official visit there that South Carolina weekend and could decide sometime, you know, shortly after that. He's out of mid-October decision timeline for a while. Tennessee's continued to be in a good position there, but is going to are going to have to continue to recruit him pretty hard. As Oklahoma. Uh, the home state school has turned up the heat a pretty good bid in the last month and a half or so. LSU, Alabama, and several others remain involved there as well. Um, and then, you know, I think defensively along the defensive line, you know, Tennessee still has, you know, some questions – to answer there, Jeremiah's Herd's obviously there. Carson is obviously there. Um, you know, they've continued to keep tabs on Nazir Smith. We'll, we'll see where things go there right now. He's planning to visit sometime in September, but doesn't seem like he's in much of a rush. Um, you know, so Tennessee still has the opportunity to continue to evaluate guys, you know, throughout the fall. By the time, you know, you start talking about Daniel Koye and Nazir Smith possibly getting to campus, there could be a new, you know, three or four targets that their senior film has circulated, and, and Tennessee likes what they see. So you, could, you 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 will most likely start to see more names pop up on that defensive line board as this thing moves towards, you know, the early signing period.
0: You know guys like Aaron Carter, Khalifa Keith. You know, I'm not going to put David Hobbs in that conversation because Tennessee was well aware of who he was before senior season, but uh, th- that tape will circulate for sure. Uh, Matt, you look at Tennessee kind of out the door here, 20 commits now, uh, making a move inside the top 10. Uh, the, uh, the the rankings there at on 3 the, uh, see, Jordan Ross now becomes Tennessee's second highest commit on the board behind Mike Matthews. Tennessee, let's see here, 13 four-stars. It's a 10th defender, uh, second edge, and if my math correct, let's see, 14 of the 20 commits are, or 15, 15 of the 20 commits are now four-star ranked prospects or higher, shaping up to be a really nice balanced class for Tennessee.
1: Yeah, absolutely, a nice balance on the offensive and defensive side of the football, but there's still some pretty big-time targets left out there. You you mentioned Chris Cole earlier, a top 50 prospect from the state of Virginia in the all three industry rankings, a guy that can do a lot of different things. We had a chance to see him in person back in at the end of July, and, I mean, this guy doesn't look like your typical linebacker. You know, pretty freaky, 6'3", 220 pounds, very well-developed, but, you know, can play inside and do a lot of different things in terms of the run fit and in, and in his ability to cover. Um, Daniel Kouye obviously still on the board, a top 100 guy in the class. Um, Tennessee's recruiting Cam Michael out of Statesboro down in Georgia very hard, working him as a receiver, trying to you know, get him to be the third receiver in this class while others are working him as a cornerback. Seems like that one's setting up to be a little bit more of a Tennessee versus Georgia battle. And we'll see where things go there. Cam Michael definitely right now prefers to play offense. We'll see if those if that shifts throughout his senior season. But right now, he definitely prefers to play offense and a guy that is another highly rated four-star in this class. So a really good chance for Tennessee to, to finish strong. And we'll see what other names pop up as this thing you know wraps up. But a very balanced class coming off an 11-2 season last fall for Tennessee.
0: The 34th-ranked player in the country, Jordan Ross commits to the University of Tennessee, making a commit number 20 for this top 10 class. Matt Ray with the latest here at Matt underscore Ray underscore. Give him a follow on Twitter. And every Wednesday, starting next week, a mini podcast over at VolQuest.com featuring Matt Ray and the latest on Tennessee recruiting in the season. Matt, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, appreciate you, man.
0: Great stuff as always from my buddy Matt Ray over at VolQuest.com. Encourage you to go check out all of our work at VolQuest.com and his recruiting work over at ballquest.com. Hey guys, want to uh, give a quick shout out and let you know that this show is brought to you in part by our friends, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough decisions. We're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions about your career, relationships or anything else, Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while navigating your life, so you can move forward with the confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with values is like anything. The more you practice it, The easier it gets. It's helpful to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, that being therapy. If you're thinking about starting therapy, I encourage you to give BetterHelp a try. It's extreme, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and sw- and, and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com locked on college today to get ten dollars off your first month one more time that visit betterhelp.com locked on college today to get a 10 percent off your first month that's better help Help, H E L P dot com slash locked on college. We are rolling right along here on a Tuesday edition of Locked on Vaults. Appreciate you guys for being here. And uh, with that, we'll get into the mailbag portion of the show every single Tuesday, you everydayers. It's when you take over the show. And so we'll jump right into it. We'll go to Ashby first. Uh, Twitter Tuesday question. How big of a push do you think Aaron Carter will make at linebacker? I hear the talk about his size and how he doesn't look like a freshman, but do you personally think he will make an immediate impact at the linebacker position? Now we have two good ones up there and Peely and Beasley, but how much do you think Carter will contribute this season? I think he'll absolutely contribute in a big way. Now, does that mean he's out there snap number one? If all is healthy, no, I don't believe that. Um... If there is an injury, could he be out there snap number one at point in times throughout the season? I think that's a possibility. Elijah Herring's there as well. Jeremiah T. Lander's there. You've got uh, Caleb Perry. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's really deep at the linebacker position right now. But I think Aaron Carter coming in with the size already, the instincts, what he showed in spring practice, what he's shown in fall camp, I think Carter Carter's going to be a guy that's in that rotation and is going to play snaps at the linebacker position this this season for sure. So I think Tennessee's got a good one in Aaron Carter. We'll go on down to Brayden. Brayden says, um, if you're forced to start two freshmen this year, one for offense and one for defense, who would you choose? it's a good question um wouldn't want to start Nico um right out of the gate of course you know freshman quarterback not that that's unheard of but um you're in a position where you have Joe so I wouldn't say him I wouldn't say any of the freshman offensive linemen I wouldn't say any of the freshman wide receivers um Cam Seldon, you can maybe make an argument with but I just think out of necessity and how important this position is and the flip side of it maybe I shouldn't go this direction because of how important the position is but you hear great things about Ethan Davis He's walking through that complex when we're over over there covering practice and press conferences. He's walking through that complex, very, very confident in himself and and what he's doing right now. You hear good things about him. You see him on the practice field and the catches that he's making and everything. The big question for him is, can you handle the inline blocking and everything that comes with a tight end in this offense? And everybody's saying that he's coming along and doing really, really well in that regard. Remember, he was a wide receiver in high school. Ethan Davis would be my guy on offense. On defense, I mean, it's going to be Aaron Carter, um, in my opinion. Got a lot of freshman defensive backs. Got some good freshman defensive linemen. Tyree Weathersby, unfortunately, is going to be out for the season. Josh Hoppel confirmed that last week. But I would go Aaron Carter on defense for sure. Uh, brain has got a couple other questions here, or one other question. And I like this one. If your life depended on one of these coaches replacing Heupel this year and getting this team to nine wins, who would it be? Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt. (laughs) Well, thankfully, we're not in this situation, right? But if my life depended on it and I had to get this team to nine wins, which of those three coaches coaching this current Tennessee team would I choose? Jeremy Pruitt's off the table, wouldn't choose him. Derek Dooley could get this team to nine wins in my opinion, in my opinion. But I would probably go with Butch Jones. Butch Jones coached, um, you know, his recruiting uh, paralysis, if you will, the type of players that he wanted to get in here into the system, uh, to the program kind of fits more closely than the other two, especially, especially Pruitt into to what's already here. But Jones also had success in this league. It ended poorly. I'm not trying to make excuses. And, you know, him in front of the media, in front of the microphone, it was it was horrible at times. But he did have some success. He had more success than the other two coaches while at Tennessee. And i think the the type of player that he is comfortable coaching and though it's not the same uh, the offensive schematics and everything i think he could adapt the easiest so um and i i would run that system because again it's been successful the last two years here at tennessee i will say butch jones knowing that uh boy he's on the hot seat this year and his record at arkansas state has not been good but i would say butch jones over derrick dooley and jeremy pruitt Braden. those were some good questions there uh, we'll continue on here. We'll go to Jared. Is Edwin Spillman underrated at number 306 overall prospect in the country, number 29 linebacker? And could his stock increase after the season? Saw that he had 12 tackles against IMG, laid the boomstick on Jonathan Eccles. He squats 530 plus in the weight room. Yeah, I, I think that Edwin Spillman, we actually talk about this in the Quest podcast as well uh, on today's show. I think he's underrated. And for some reason, uh, you know, I work for On Three. I work for VaultQuest, who's an affiliate of On Three. For some reason, his rating has consistently gone down, and um, I think a performance like what you saw against IMG is going to get him to propel back up the rankings when they redo them later in the season. Uh, he's got great size—six foot one, two hundred twenty-five pounds already. He can play inside the box. He can play outside the box. Uh, I think that that hit you're referencing on Jonathan Eccles just kind of goes to show you. Uh, that he's not afraid of contact. He's quick sideline to sideline. I like Evan Spillman. There's a reason why he's been regarded as one of the best players in the state of Tennessee since his freshman season. So uh, do I think he's underrated in this class? Absolutely. Do I think he's underranked? 100%. Could I see that changing? Potentially. We'll see. But Tennessee doesn't care. Tennessee's got him, and they they like what they have in him, and they always have. We'll go to Colin Castleberry here. Um, if there was, if there were a situation where if knock on wood in all capital letters, Joe Milton goes down for more than a few quarters or a single game. Is there a situation where we see gas and more over Nico to preserve his body slash red shirt? I don't think so. I understand what you're saying. Worst case scenario, Joe Milton goes down. You're going to the swamp week three. It's really, really early in Nico's tenure, right? Do you want to throw him to the wolves? Look at Nathan Peterman, Right. But I think where you are, and this is no disrespect to Gaston Moore, it's just Nico's intangibles and his tools at the quarterback position, especially in this offense, they're through the roof. Now, would he be ready to step up in that situation? Ideally, you wouldn't want him to, but I think he'd have to. Um, So Nico would be my pick, um, and and I think he'd be the pick of pretty much everybody else. I understand where you're coming from, Gaston Moore. This is his fourth year in the system. Remember, he came from USC, um, UCF, excuse me, with, with Josh Heupel, but I think Nico would give you the best chance to win, and Nico hopefully is going to be a star in this league. And um, sometimes you got to feed him to the wolves a little bit. Um, as far as the red shirt, wouldn't matter because there's a four game red shirt. So uh, again, Josh Hoppe is going to play whoever gives Tennessee the best chance to win, and I think in that situation it would be Nico. Let's go to Val Kilmer eighty eight. What seems to be the issue with Mincy? He's got the size, the skill, the experience, but can't seem to lock down a position. Uh, where do you think he um, – why do you think he only seems to be able to hold a rotational spot on the roster? Consistency. It's been huge for Gerald Mincy. It's why he wasn't the every single snap right uh, – left tackle last year. Consistency. You know, for a series or two, he'll look great. For a series or two, he'll have a ton of MAs, miss assignments. Um, you're right. That's who they want to play. He's got the size. He's got the athletic ability. Um, he looks like an NFL offensive lineman. He does versatility you know you have John Campbell as your left tackle now the buy-in to move over to the right side he's done that more and practiced more on the right side the last couple weeks in fall camp of course and I think he'll play a lot a lot of right tackle for Tennessee but I just think consistency has been the biggest thing for him I mean they've given given him every opportunity last year he was the opening day left tackle and they let him run with it a little bit but he never truly took over that spot we'll see if he can do that at right tackle this year Kurt says, how many CBS SEC games of the week will Tennessee end up having on the end of the schedule by the end of the season? Um, Good question. I think at least two, uh, at least two. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I don't know which ones are already ironclad marked down there. But um, one's off the top of my head. Of course, Tennessee at Alabama, uh, Georgia at Tennessee later in the year. Potentially Tennessee and AM at Neyland Stadium. Potentially Tennessee South Carolina at Neyland Stadium. I don't see Tennessee at Kentucky being one. I don't see Tennessee at Missouri being one. I don't see oh, what are some? I don't Tennessee Vanderbilt certainly not going to be one. So I would say Georgia game, Alabama game, and then one of maybe A and M or South Carolina, depending on the weekly schedule. Let's go to Seth. I know you said you don't think Florida's uh mertz is good but we have made mediocre florida quarterbacks in the past look better than they are what does our defense have to do to avoid that favorite home and away uniform i like the classics and all black at home and all white and orange on the road uh uniforms i love the stormtroopers i may be in the minority here but i love the stormtroopers on the road at home i'm a traditional guy give me orange on white the all black looks awesome though i'm a fan of those for sure but he can't be tradition, especially here at Tennessee. Give me orange, I'm white. Um, what does Tennessee need to do to hold Mertz? Um, you know, to 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 what he is being a mediocre quarterback, get after his tail. Now, not every situation, but a lot of those backup Florida quarterbacks or those Florida quarterbacks who have been mediocre have had the ability to escape the pocket and use their legs. Graham Mertz is not one of those quarterbacks. He will be sitting back there trying to pinpoint his passes and, and pick apart Tennessee secondary got to get after him got to apply pressure on him and got to force him into bad decisions because he's proven uh, in big 10 football you know he's proven in three years that he makes horrible decisions at times so continual pressure on graham mertz especially a guy that is not mobile and i think that's uh, kind of the path for tennessee in that situation uh we'll go on now to doug got two more here doug says what's the latest on Jalen mccullough's legal issues You know, I checked into it. I think he had some type of situation, a meeting, a hearing or something at the end of July. Uh, Right now, I think, you know, in speaking with some people, it sounds like he'll have something else to do in October. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I couldn't really find anything uh, online that said specifically what the next step is for him. But I've heard he has something else to do in October, whether that's a hearing or whatever. But he is practicing with Tennessee. He will likely be the starting safety for Tennessee, snap number one. Um, he is a part of the team and he's doing everything and he's going to play against Virginia uh, barring some unforeseen circumstance so that's kind of the latest there last question I got here before we get into our running back previews it comes from Aaron going to my first game with my wife in November the 25th and Nealon against Vanderbilt congrats you'll have a blast my question is how and where do you find out if they're going to check or Nealon and if so how you how do you know the section what section wears what also any tips for the first game um, as far as the checker kneeling, now you'll see you know some some different accounts out there that'll you know try to pub it and everything, but an official um, announcement from Danny White or or someone at Tennessee will come out. Most in a press release, it'll be on the website, it'll be on social media. Officially heading into like that week, or sometimes even weeks in advance, and that's where you'll get the official go. And on that press release or whatever, it will have a diagram of kind of where you're sitting in the stadium. That section's wearing orange. This section's wearing white. So there'll there'll be something out there. Uh, for you, especially at utsports.com for you to figure out. Now, um, your other question about any tips about the first game, man, enjoy it. If this is your first game at Neyland Stadium, it's it's going to be a win. Tennessee against Vanderbilt. Potentially it could be a win that locks up a really, really exciting regular season, maybe win number 10, you know, whatever the case may be. Get there early, take part of the Vol Walk. Um, you know, my dad and I, when I was a kid, we always used to park at the uh, Coliseum and we would either take the tram over, which is really really short, or we just walk Nealon Drive and see the Vol Navy and see all the tailgates and everything, and walk up, you know, Nealon to get on Johnny Majors, and then and then you know around towards Nealon Stadium, and and kind of see the pride of the Southland band coming out there and and doing the Vol walk and all that type of stuff. So I would just say get there early, talk to other Tennessee fans, walk up at a big old tailgate, introduce yourself, say Go Vols. Um, they'll 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 be happy to have you there. Most likely, they'll probably share food and drinks. Just enjoy it. Get there early. Make a day of it, and uh, have a blast. Congratulations on that. There's nothing like your first time. I'll tell you that. And uh, first time at Neyland Stadium should be an exciting one. November the 25th against Vanderbilt. Guys, appreciate you as always. You everydayers for sending in those Twitter Tuesday questions. Thank you so much. And on the other side, we'll come back and we'll look into the running back position. Tennessee. Deep at running back, how deep? Well, I'll tell you here in a second, right here on the other side of Lockdown Valls. Want to tell you about our friends, FanDuel. Football season, it's about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on the Super Bowl winner preseason, you can get bonus bets back every time they win in the regular season. So, what this means, okay, I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. I'm not going to do this because I don't believe in the Titans. But if i pick the tennessee titans to win the super bowl every single time the titans win in the regular season i'm going to get bonus bets back every single victory so if the titans if i pick the titans and they win 10 regular season games i'm gonna get bonus bets back for that so you know the the chiefs the eagles whoever your team is that's a pretty sweet deal about getting bonus bets back every time they win plus you can use those bonus bets on you know the spreads player props awesome player props at fanduel.com america's number one sports book hit the total over unders all that type of stuff and a whole lot more encourage you right now to visit fanduel.com locked on start earning bonus bets with america's number one sports book that is fanduel.com locked on fanduel it's america's number one sports book <laughs> welcome back into locked on vols this is your team every single day thanks so much for watching on the youtube channel if you're watching and you're not subscribed to volqua to the locked On ball quest 2 but locked on vols on the youtube channel when your wires get crossed, you have two jobs. Um, I encourage you to do so. Uh, we, we can we can let you know whenever an episode's about to drop. Typically, I drop it overnight. That way, you guys can have this, uh, both audio side and YouTube for your uh, drive to work in the morning or your morning workout or whatever the case may be. Um, so I appreciate you guys for doing this. Uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel if you could if you would already, and uh, of course follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's where Locked On Balls. Uh, can be found so getting back into our position previews and and like I said on yesterday's show we talked about the quarterbacks wanted to wait until you were you know we were further along in fall camp to to really get a good idea uh, of the uh, positions okay because you know we pretty much preview everything for nine months leading into fall camp and then fall camp's here and we learn a little bit so uh, with that being said let's look at the running back position you know nothing's really changed in my opinion um, on my thoughts about the running back position heading into fall camp Maybe a little bit more stock in Jalen Wright, but, you know, his offseason, the way he's been carrying himself around the program, around the facility, just laying eyes on him and seeing the the changes to his body that he's continued to make. Uh, gosh, if you looked at Jalen Wright now and compared him to Jalen Wright back in 2021, it's like a different guy almost, man. I mean, that that's the nature of college strength and conditioning, and so that's a good thing. So I'd probably buy a little bit more stock in Jalen Wright. I think he's going to be the breakout star in this backfield Will he be an all-SEC running back? I don't know. Um, Probably not. Tennessee runs the football a ton, and that's one of the biggest misconceptions about the Josh Heupel offense when I do hits around the country or I talk to prospects you know, leaving campus, and they're like, man, I didn't know how much Tennessee ran the football. Yeah, for sure, man. Tennessee's the only team in the country last year to average over 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing. Tennessee led the nation with 39 rushing touchdowns a season ago. So Tennessee runs the football, and Josh Heupel's always been quick to say we can't do what we need to do if we're not running the football. Running the football keeps that tempo up there, keeps the backers and the guys on the third layer layer, um, you know, honest and respecting the run, and that way they can do some play action and, and open up some things down the field. So, uh, running back room still, in my opinion, is one of the deepest in the Southeastern Conference. Um, there's not one star, but I think that one star could be Jalen Wright this year. We'll see. But Tennessee's deep. I like where Tennessee is with Jabari Small, a senior, Jalen Rod, a junior, Dylan Sampson, a sophomore, Cam Seldon, a, a true freshman. Unfortunately, Deshaun Bishop, another true freshman, local standout from Carnes High School here in the Knoxville area. He's uh, he's injured. He got banged up a little bit in scrimmage number one, and he's going to be out a while. I think Josh Hypel said after scrimmage number two, uh, when he was asked about it, that uh, Tyree Weathersby is going to be out for the year. Deshaun Bishop will be out a couple months but could come back later in the season. Now, again, Deshaun Bishop wasn't going to make a, a push to to get a whole lot of snaps this year, but he had been coming along, and he had been looking really, really good in spring and in fall camp, and that's good to see because uh, for a guy that covers high school football in this area with Rivalry Thursday and Pac-Man Productions, and I've watched that kid play since his freshman year, and so it's really, really cool to see him grow up, a guy like him grow up, and and go to college, and go to the hometown school, Power 5 Tennessee, and, and, and you know, have people say a lot of good things about you, so... Uh, hopefully, he'll have a speedy recovery. But anyway, I still really, really like this group. Um, it's balanced. A guy in each grade. Jabari Small, we know durability has always been his biggest issue, always has been his biggest issue. When he's on the field, I think he's pretty big, pretty nice back. Um, I think he runs hard. He's got that little shimmy when he gets to the second level, but it's about getting to that second level to where you can put a linebacker or a safety on skates a little bit. Uh, he's got a nice plant foot and a little juke action. You love seeing that from Jabari Small. But his thing's been durability. He's gotten so much better at pass protection over the years as well. Uh, Jalen Wright, I thought was the most explosive back last year, but you know he didn't get many opportunities or as many opportunities as he should, in my opinion. Um, he used to be a scat back. Now he's a guy that can run between the tackles. He's speed one of the fastest guys on the team. But now he's well over 200 pounds, about 210, 215. Uh, maybe not that heavy, but he's he's over 200 pounds, and he can take the bruises and the contact going in between the tackles, and he's got good vision as well, and so those two have been kind of the 1A, 1B options at tailback, and I, I think that's how you're going to enter the season. You know, Tennessee's going to play two, at least two running backs. You know, Tennessee's going to play running backs. not going to be one guy that dominates the workload, and whoever has the hot hand, as Jerry Mack said, you know, last week when he met with the media, is going to be the guy that they keep into the game the longest time, so um i think Jalen wright's gonna kind of be the breakout guy you know dylan Sampson he's continuing to learn he had really good numbers as a true freshman last year has been a bit banged up in spring and er, fall camp so far but really like his upside um you got two guys who could leave after the season and so we'll see you know potentially he could be rb1 next year good size good speed getting bigger learning more about the college game and getting better in pass protection there was that play at, at lsu where he missed a block and he got hinted hooker killed and uh, you know, by by a blitzing linebacker, and he he didn't play much after that. But then he came back in, and he started playing more and more and more as the year went along. But I think he's continuing to learn, and the coaches really really like him. And then Cam Seldon, we'll see. Do they have a specific design place for him as a true freshman? I don't know. But here in a couple of years, you hope that Cam Seldon's kind of the Debo Samuel. They throw him the football a lot in practice. They throw him the football a lot in scrimmage. They threw him the football a lot in the orange and white game. Now, will they will they do that here as a front as as for him as? Let me try that again. Will they do that for him as a true freshman? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and predict that he's going to have, you know, five to six plays a game. I don't know. But I would love if he could be a gadget guy uh, here in year number one. He's been a receiver his entire high school career, a big one. Now, he is about 215 pounds. Uh, Khalifa Keith is also in this mix as well, and he's a bruiser. True freshman got here in the summer, and I'm excited about Khalifa Keith, man. He, he's a guy that I didn't have much expectations for, to be honest, but seeing him in person, seeing him run with the football, he's impressed me so far. But again, for those two young guys that are learning the system, learning the tempo and all that type of stuff, and potentially Khalifa Keith could be that bruiser, okay, uh, that you know maybe takes over for the role, Prince and fam. We'll just have to see as the year goes along. But Cam Seldon, high upside, coaches love him, and I think he'll be a star on this offense. But for he and Khalifa Keith both, I'm not sure how many snaps you know we'll see of those. I would I would imagine that Cam Seldon would get more run, no pun intended, than Khalifa Keith. But it's going to be a one A one B situation until I think Jalen Wright kind of takes over the uh, the RB one by himself. Jabari Small still seeing a lot of action. Dylan Sampson will be in that rotation. But again. Not Superman. There's not a Superman in this group right now, but top to bottom, one of the deeper units, not only in the Southeastern Conference, but in the co- in, in college football together. So that is a really, really good asset Tennessee has heading into the season. Position previews right here on Locked On Vols. Every episode leading up to opening kickoff. We'll take a look at the wide receivers tomorrow and why I'm just so daggone pumped up about those wide receivers. All right, That and more coming up on a Wednesday, Locked On Vols. Appreciate you guys for being here as always. Couldn't do this without you, you everydayers. Big thanks to Matt Ray for stopping by and talking about Jordan Ross' commitment to the University of Tennessee. Thanks so much for your mailback questions. And we'll get after it again tomorrow, guys. This is Locked On Vols.